Welcome into the Sons of Swanee Sportscast. This is our first episode here. I'm TJ Vickers, joined by Hunter Abercrombie. We thank you for tuning in and listening. And as we go along this journey, we will grow and have you grow with us. This is going to be a weekly sports podcast that we have put out just pertaining to all things Swanee sports. We might dive off into some other topics just regionally around the area. Just to give everybody an idea of who we are and who you're listening to and not that our opinions are any better or more uh, uh, valuable than anybody else's, but um, went to school here at Swanee High School, graduated in 2002. Um, after college, played baseball in college at Tallahassee Community College and Mercer University. Uh, came back to Live Oak, was the athletic director here at Swanee High uh, for six and a half years. The dean of students um, after that, and now assistant principal at Swanee Middle School. So been around Swanee sports all my life. Love the Bulldogs, love everything about it. And love the kids and you know i think our goal um, when tj and i talked about starting this was mainly you know we want to get the recognition out there for the kids who deserve it um kind of let everybody know what's going on because i think a lot of times people or we those of us who are kind of close to the sports um program here at swanee high school just assume people know what's going on and really i find that's not the case so often and so I think that's one of our goals, having talked to TJ about this for a while now, is just to kind of let everybody know, hey, this is what's happening. This is why certain decisions may be made. And um, hopefully just provide a little more insight all the way around. You and I offer differing backgrounds as far as the sports you played here. You know, I, I swam and played soccer and tennis as well um, from 2006 to 2010. So you were, you know, baseball and different things like that. So we have a wide range of topics to discuss. We have our own opinions and our own backgrounds as far as what, what we're knowledgeable on, but we're going to be equal opportunity on this show. We're going to ask everyone to come on, whether it be, you know, a, a high-end sport like football that gets a lot of credit or, you know, just any any other sport like a, a swim a swim team or a tennis, anything like that. So we're certainly going to be all-inclusive here and just we, we're glad to have you tuned in with us. Yeah, and you also, we're also different in that you cheer for that school in Gainesville, in Hogtown, and I cheer for the greatest school in the land, the second greatest school in the land behind <laughs> the Mercer University, the Florida State Seminoles, of course, led forever by the Saint, Bobby Bowden. <laughs> so as you can tell, we definitely have various opinions and uh, don't align on very many things other than the green and white Bulldogs are the best Bulldogs. I want to know your thoughts, TJ, because this week it came out that the ACC decided to go the 10 10 games, 10 conference games plus one. So one out of conference game. So the ACC decided to do that, lined everything up. Everything was ready for Florida, Florida State. And then the SEC, the great, wonderful, it means more, SEC comes out and says conference only. Come on, man. What's up with that? The very next day, the SEC (laughs) says, no, we're just going to go to 10 games only uh, conference and yeah, I'm just not too sure what the uh, the thinking is. It's like no, no, don't don't go to Tallahassee on a bus, but fly in a plane to potentially Tuscaloosa, Alabama, or College Station, Texas, because the two schools well, rumored to be added for Florida schedule this year. The thinking Alabama and Texas A&M. So the, I, I just love that. And the thinking. The thinking is obviously that Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, does not want his schools to have to go to Tallahassee, the juggernaut that is FSU right now. Or doesn't want Georgia to have to play the Ramblin' Wreck at Georgia Tech. Now, we, we understand the South Carolina not wanting to go to Clemson and then the Louisville-Kentucky rivalry. So we just can't, like you said, it, man, it makes no sense. Like, come on, dude, we can fly. We're Florida State is now going to Notre Dame, 
or Notre Dame's coming to Florida State, vice versa, but we can't take a bus two hours down the road to Gainesville. It just makes zero sense to me. Florida State's schedule got just incredible. I don't know. I mean, I would say it got harder, but you just don't know what's going on with Florida State right now, man. I mean, I'm very much a fan of Mike Norvell. I think he's very organized. I think he's going to do a great job. But my man has been thrown setback after setback to start out. Um, and this is just another one. So you lose Wake Forest, Syracuse, and Boston College off your schedule, and you add Notre Dame, Virginia, and North Carolina. And not that any of those besides Notre Dame are juggernauts, but still, man, you take three three games you feeling pretty good about and add three at best – coin flips exactly and that's tough yeah that that certainly doesn't help anything out but i you know i i don't want to sound too biased but it, it can't get much worse for you guys but i, <laughs> I do think i do think norvell is, is going to do good uh like you said he's he's had plenty of curveballs thrown to him in a, in a first year program and it's it's really interesting to see how a culture can be set in zoom meetings and and things like that so I don't doubt his ability, and I, I certainly think he will turn things around for, for your school. Uh, but it, 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 he definitely has had more challenges presented. And I also think, too, it's interesting that on, on the flip side for Florida, they, they, they return their quarterback, they return all their, their head coordinators and things like that. So the system's been already put in place. They know the standard, the Gator standard, that's what Dan Mullen likes to say. It, it's been put in place, and now it... I, I think, honestly, there's not very many teams that are in a better spot coming out of a pandemic than a team that can say, hey, well, we've got a returning quarterback. we got our OC back. we got our DC back. And just go yeah. go out and play. Well, first of all, I will never say anything positive about the University of Florida, so you're not going to get that out of me. But what's funny to <laughs> me... It up, but I can't get what's it. What's funny to me, and it goes for every fan base, because everybody has those fans. And I think, like anything else, you know, you could say politically, whatever, fan-wise, whatever, a, a majority of us are just kind of normal people. But then you have the fringe who are the loudest on either side. And so what's funny is how a lot now you'll see this happen when Florida was down. It wasn't that long ago Florida was 4-8. and eight. Oh, yeah. And Florida State fans were, you know, nine. oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but now it has totally shifted. I mean, in the course of seven years, you have seen a total shift to now, you know, Florida fans just – Oh, you're never going to do anything. Let's be honest, man. I am. Florida State fans should be very happy we're not having to play the University of Florida this year. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> we we kind of know how that would go. But it's just crazy to me how that flips so fast in collegiate athletics. So you better be careful as a fan to not do too much of that, that talking because it will turn around on you real quick. But you're right. Florida does bring back a lot. Um, I would be very happy. I wish Todd Grantham would have gone to the NFL. I would have been very happy to see him go, but he's still there. What I don't get, and I'll get made fun of, because there is a picture of me on Facebook, and when you hear from Mike Braun, Mike Braun's the reason that I have a picture with Dan Mullen, unfortunately. He came to Swanee High School to recruit jo uh, Josh Braun, Mike's son, and Mike, across the office, yelled, Hunter, come take a picture with Coach Mullen. So now that was in front of 30 people, so I had to go take a picture. But what I don't... I, I got to be honest, man. I don't understand. I think Dan Mullen's a good coach, obviously. He's a good mind. I don't know how he recruits because he just seems like a, I don't know. I don't know what the word is. Just kind of a, it, eh. it, it. I definitely think a lot of Florida fans are, are 
in agreement with you on that. The, the staff, but he recruits well. Like, he gets guys. The staff in general, I think, lacks that closer in, in general, just that, that closing feel. And, and I think, just in my opinion, that I think Mullen was used to Mississippi State and developing talent. And there, I don't think there's very many coaches that get the most out of their talent the way that Mullen does. Now, coaching up a three-star and – you know, or two star like what Dak Prescott was when he came out of high school. Mm-hmm. That, that's great, but you know what? It also helps to have Chris Sleek as a five star and Tim Tebow as a five star and develop that talent as well. So I think he and his staff sometimes trust their evaluation process so much that they don't get caught up in composite scores or uh, you know recruiting boards and different things like that that have different things sure. to say. But but nonetheless. Here to say to Florida, you, you want to build a wall a, around that state. You want to keep that talent here. You don't want to go into Athens, Georgia, and wearing red and black, being a bulldog on Saturdays. You don't want to go up to Ohio State. You don't want to go into Clemson. You have to figure out a way to keep these kids around, and I think that will help close the gap more than anything with the the Georgias of the world, and and really have Florida crack through and get to that that Final Four where they're in the college football playoffs. Well, I agree with you, and I think. A couple things. I don't think you should. I don't think you should recruit star rankings only because I think you know there's many misses as there are hits Absolutely. with that. However, if you look back at the past, however many national champions, you're going to find on those teams a lot of those four and five star guys you're talking right. about. So Norvell's in a bad spot because you got to prove it on the field. I mean that shows. Willie Taggart, I think, was a very. He came in with the reputation of being a great recruiter, a very charismatic guy, and a guy that kids want to play for. But when the product on the field looks like it looked, you're not going to get those guys. It doesn't matter. So Florida has a clue. They're Mm -hmm. coached well. Mm -hmm. And so maybe our head coach isn't as charismatic, but he's getting results. So I'm going to go play for the guy that's getting results instead of the dumpster fire I'm seeing (laughs) on the field in Tallahassee. And, I mean, just we got to be honest, that's that's what it was. And I was – Man, I like Willie Taggart. I think Willie Taggart was a good guy, and I, I wish he would have been successful. It just didn't work out. And um, But I think Mike Norvell, that dude seems to be buttoned up. He seems to have things in line the way he wants them, and it's going to be his way or, hey, man, sorry about it. And that's his reputation. But I think there has to be a good mix. Those guys that you can develop, maybe they aren't as highly ranked, Versus, like you said, the four- and five-star guys, those rivals or ESPN, 250, 300 guys who are program changers. Mm-hmm. And that's what changed Florida State after the lost decade. Jimbo Fisher came in, and he was able to get LaMarcus Joyner, and he was able to get um, you know, the Kelvin Benjamins and Rashad yeah, Greens yeah. and Jameis Winstons mm-hmm. and those guys who flipped it and you know went on a nice run. Now, couldn't sustain it for whatever reason, and um, you know, then Jimbo left town, but for that – for that period of time, man, Florida—I mean, twenty-nine game win streak, all those things—it's very, it's very doable. But I agree with you; you got to build that wall around the state. And right now, we're getting raided. Mm-hmm. Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama—they come into Florida. If you go look at those rankings, man, those guys are leaving right now. So, just thank you for joining us. Like I said, we're gonna just talk about different things as they come along. We'll we'll just preview fall sports, get some interviews of different athletes as they come through. Uh, we ask that you all, as listeners, give us topic suggestions and interview ideas because, like we said, we, we want to grow this thing and we want to give a product that you as a listener enjoy listening to. 
So help us out and we'll just keep growing from there. We have a couple different social media handles we want to plug. We have a Facebook page. Just find us at Sons of Swanee Sportscast and also by the same name on Twitter to give us a follow, give us topic suggestions, anything like that. As we continue to grow, hopefully we'll get some polls, maybe get a nice little hashtag going on, anything like That's that right. going on. So. So Hunter, we, we, we got a lot actually we could discuss, even though this is a brand new podcast. Uh, this this year is has been unlike any other as far as the coronavirus and the global pandemic that's been going on. The FHSAA has voted to postpone everything at least until August 24th. Here in a couple weeks, actually, there will be a inboard meeting among uh, FHSAA personnel that would further determine how this season goes from here. And actually our first interviewee this week is uh coach mike braun he's our athletic director here and he dives into a little bit of information as far as intel that he gets but just let me get your thoughts on all this going on yeah right man it's now. crazy i'm i'm you know it's almost to the point now of if you hear the the phrase we're all in this together or unlike any other year again you know you want to vomit but yeah man it's crazy but yeah it just kind of is what it is, and I think everybody's going to have to be fluid. Um, everybody's going to have to be flexible here going forward, and that includes athletics. That includes school. And I don't know, maybe we should, I guess, preface that the views that we express in no way <laughs> um, are those of the Swanee County School District. This is just our opinion on things. But um, having kind of followed the FHSAA board meetings over the last few weeks, I think they've had seven hours worth of board meetings over two sessions. And now they've decided to move all fall sports back to August 24th for a start date. And having sat, you know, where Coach Braun sits, um, that's tough because you just don't know. And when you don't know what's going on, you don't know where your funding's coming from, all those fun things, uh, the safety of your athletes is number one. And so it's definitely going to be interesting going forward as to what the FHSA decides because there's, in my opinion, there's only so many times you can move this thing back before you just have to say, hey, we're going we're gonna to have to bang this for the fall. When you hear from Coach Braun later, he brought up a couple of good points when we talked to him about the fear to be wrong. And nobody wants to be wrong. Nobody, I guess, wants to take the lead and just say, hey, this is what we're going to do. Now, I will say, having followed those FHSA board meetings, Bobby Johns from Weewahitchka had no problem being that guy. And I think that's appreciated um, because I do think there's a, whether right or wrong, I think there's a feeling amongst uh, coaches somewhat in the north central Florida area in the panhandle that maybe their concerns aren't taken as seriously as those that from the city, from the Hillsborough County or Dade County, Broward County, those who are a little bit bigger um, than us and have more people. And I certainly get that, but whether true or not, I don't think there's, you know, any kind of conspiracy to to do that, but it is kind of a perceived thing amongst some people. And Coach Johns, I think, made a very impassioned um, speech about that and stuck to his guns, and I admire him for it. Our first interviewee, Mike Braun, is the athletic director here. He offers a very interesting perspective as far as what he's had to go through during this unprecedented offseason. And just Hunter, with your understanding of being a former AD and all, you you had plenty of great questions to ask Mike during that. So let's go ahead and get into our interview. Here we are with Coach Braun, and he's our athletic director here for Swanee High School. He's going to be our first interviewee of our weekly podcast. Uh, Coach Braun, thank you for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Great to be here. What have been the most challenging aspects to COVID and the uncertainty of sports being played this year? Well, really, the the challenge has been because we we all participate in athletics. To, to benefit the kids and to just kind of create 
the culture around the school. And so it's really been difficult to kind of continue to have the school with, with that gap. And so um, I have really hoped that we would minimize the impact, but as it keeps going on and on, then you realize it's, it's gonna be harder to get kids back involved. And, and there's such a broad spectrum of who, who needs what from sports. So there's kids who just need to get out of the house. There's kids who are trying to go to the next level. There's kids who, you know, it's a big part of their identity. So we're just trying to meet all of them where, but still be within the safety and security guidelines that have been laid forth by the district and by the state and by the country actually. And that, that's really been a challenge. And the other thing is, and something we were talking about today at our faculty meeting is positivity. Because there's so much uncertainty and as long as there's uncertainty then it's hard not to kind of get drugged down. And sports is all about being positive and upbeat and really looking at the, what's best in people and best in the, in the players and the, and the athletes. And so we've really tried to maintain that positivity while still you know, being able to accomplish every challenge. And, and um, I think that's, that's been a part of it. Uh, I think the last thing is that we, we don't like to be wrong. So because everything is so fluid, you come out and you say, hey, this is what we're doing. It's going to start on this date and, this is, and then they change it and now you're wrong and, and that, that's hard. So you got to have no ego about it and just be about how do we accomplish what we're trying to do, which is create an environment in which sports can be played, even in all this uncertainty. So Mike, one of the things that you had said right there at the end, and we know that the FHSA voted and right now sports are allowed to start, the fall sports, on August 24th. One of the things that I think has been the biggest complaint is the lack of communication um, from the FHSAA to the schools. Have you seen that where, where really you just haven't heard any news or has your news come more from just the connections around the coaching community? How has that been this summer? So that's, that's part of it. Well, one of the things is, is, as I, as an athletic director, I'm lucky to be surrounded by some great um, coaches and great people that work with me. On, on all this, so I get a lot of information, and and f f it really, you'd say a lack of communication, which it, it can be perceived as that, but it really is almost over communication in that they there's a bunch of things that they could do, but no one's come down and said what they're gonna do. And part of that is, I think it's the reluctance to be wrong, is nobody wants to come out and say, hey, we're gonna do A, and then have their feet cut out from under them. So everyone's kind of reluctant to say, well, what are we gonna do, and how's it gonna look? And I think that's it. There's just been so much question about exactly what's going on um, and I think that that is the challenge is how do you communicate something without over communicating and then looking like you have to pull back and and I think in our current culture there's just not a lot of forgiveness so if you tell somebody something and you have to change it then they look at you as somehow you've committed some kind of failure so we've rewarded under communicating we've rewarded saying hey look I'm not gonna say anything about it because if I say the wrong thing, then I'm going to get blasted. And everyone's, it's really that gotcha situation. And I'll give you a great example. So we've been trying to talk about season tickets. And if, if people don't understand, season tickets are probably the biggest thing that we use to fund all sports in Swanee County. And, and we're not going to be able to have season tickets this year because we still don't know the game schedule. And I, what I didn't want to do is put out, hey, we're going to have the season tickets. And I'll be honest with you, we've... We've looked at season tickets and that's changed weekly since July 1st. But the problem is if I put out a letter that says, hey, we're doing this, then people are like, why did you say that? Why did you do that? Okay, so you're better off just not saying anything and then they can't get you. 
And I think that that's a shame because I think that there are a majority of good people out there. And that's kind of the positivity thing. Again, I got to stay positive and say, hey, look, um, we would love for there to be season tickets right now. I don't know how that can happen. But if you normally gave money for season tickets, understand we still want you to come to games. We want you to be a part of it. And we, and we, we wish we could. But there's just no way. I didn't want to get caught up in a situation where I'm, I'm putting out five or six tickets to games we don't even know are going to happen. And we still don't. Honestly, you still don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen with COVID. And that's part of why I'm glad that at least in our community, we're starting school now and kind of, okay, let's see what's going to happen. Let's, let's figure it out. And I think postponing it just postpones this problem. I think that um, for what the FHSA did, I agree with moving the dates back a little bit. But at some point, you're just going to have to roll with it because we got to see what's going to happen. And I think that's a big part of it. And, and I agree with what you said. And I think we were going to go there with the season ticket question or the funding question. Because in my mind, you know, and I know as we stated a little bit earlier, you know, I've sat in your seat. So mm-hmm. you and I are both familiar with Absolutely. this job. So we both know that if you don't have fans in the stands for football, then nothing else is happening. Well, that's that's and that's really the thing. is, And I, I started talking about this last year. I went to a um, Kiwanis luncheon and talked and... And one of the things that people have to understand is that the the fans in the seats funds everything else for and and there are a number of great organizations and I know that people say oh there are a number of great organizations for individual sports but there are a lot of sports that don't have any support outside of what we can give them and, and football really does that and I say that not because football is more important I say that because people need to understand that season tickets are how we fund other sports. How do you pay for things at other levels? Season tickets pay for that. Um, and that's all, that's a whole bunch of sports. Now I will say that, uh, give you basketball, Malcolm Pollock has done a wonderful job and they're, they're on the verge of being self-sufficient. The problem is that COVID kind of pushed that back. Um, Ricky Hufty and what they're doing with girls flag, COVID pushed that back. So we're back to honestly, if we're going to talk budget right now, you could safely say that we are back to zero. And so what we've also tried to do in this uncertain time is not go to people in a community that may be hurting and say, hey, by the way, we need money too. That's not the message we're trying to send. We're going to do the best we can. We're going to have a great sport package for all the kids. We're going to provide them with everything they need. But we need people who can to step, come alongside us and kind of help us do this with whatever it can. So if we don't have season tickets, that means we're gonna we're gonna need some people to, to to donate money in other ways, to you know, to support us in other ways. And even if it's just by coming to games. And I understand that there'll be some uncertainty coming to games. But <clears throat> games are how things are funded here. And it's worked it works really well. I mean understand that for for a school of our size and our location we have a number of sports that I don't think they have in other places from my experience. Absolutely. But maybe I'm wrong. Absolutely. So sometime next week, the FHSAA is planning on meeting. Uh, have a board two meeting. Two weeks. Two weeks from now. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. It'll. But it's the 14th. They're going to have a. 14th, they're going to vote on a plan, and I won't go into details on the plan because if they vote no, then you won't know. But that'll decide whether or not we start on like the 4th of September or the 11th, and whether it's an actual game or it's a classic. And but we won't know that until two weeks from Friday, which is the 14th, and that's part of the. That's part of the delay with season tickets because if we play, if we have it on the 14th, then we'll start talking about 
should we should we have a season tickets or should we just have general admission and and that that'll be where we go from there but that's they kind of push it and again i'm not i don't want to sound like i'm dogging the fhsa i'm not trying to come down on them because the problem is is that we are a huge state and and it's hitting us disproportionately in different areas um no one no one isn't saying that there's a serious issue south florida but it's hard for us to have the same you know the impacts in south florida are different than the impacts here and that's one of the things that's been kind of crazy about the coronavirus this whole situation is that i think they've tried to handle it and and our county's done a really good job of trying to handle it as it affects us and not trying to just take a cookie cutter approach but again that's hard to do in in this environment it's hard to do in this day and age because there's a lot of people th throwing slings and arrows and the truth is I, I can say safely that that from where i sit which is kind of involved but not i'm not administration per se these guys have been here working all summer and coming up with plans and then rerouting and, and redoing and i don't i mean i i think we are very fortunate in our county with the people that i work with at the principal level and the superintendent level been very supportive of athletics and supportive of getting our kids back on the field i know there's been some current recently there's been some shots taken um about but about kids being able to do certain things but i think that our county especially has tried to be really proactive in getting kids on the field during the summer and get trained and uh yeah, you know, I, I know you're going to talk next week with uh, Dan Marcy, and he's done an incredible job of putting together a plan which has gotten us to be in front of kids. And, and uh, I think last 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 night we had a meeting, and Dan said that our ninth graders are as, are as far ahead as any of them has been, and that's in this Corona thing. But they're ready to go when school starts with lifting. So, and I think the people have to remember when they see our coaches working with these kids that most of this stuff in the summer is volunteer. We don't we don't have a big summer budget for any kind of funding yeah so it's great well, last question i have and tj may have a follow-up after this but we both we all know that your son ended up at that school down south in yes he did. yes he did is that because the offer never came from mercer university well i will tell you that we drove by mercer a couple of times and they just never really wanted to come out and do what we felt was necessary to get. Well, him. you know, Mercer is the Vanderbilt of Georgia. Yes. And I, I understand that Josh was, you know, valedictorian here, but maybe academically, you know, things just, uh, you know, didn't look good for him there. Yeah, never Takes say. a special person. To never say never, but I think that Mercer moved on. <laughs> well, Coach, I appreciate it. No man. problem. Thank so awesome. Thank you very much, Coach Brown. Thank you, guys. Um, I, can I say one more thing? I. I have noticed that in the time that I've had this job, because I'm not as personable as the last AD, I don't have any streets named after me or anything, but I will say I hope people will feel like they can approach me and ask me questions and, and contact me. I don't get a lot of feedback, but partially that's because of my, um, I guess my appearance is a little brusque and maybe my demeanor is tight, but please if you have issues with athletics, communicate them with me. I'll gladly take any questions or comments. Uh, my school number is uh, 647-4046, and I'll gladly answer. I try to return any calls that I can get. Um, even if you know the superintendent personally, try to call me first. It just helps me out a lot. Thanks. Don't worry, Coach. At the end of the uh, podcast today, we'll give out your cell phone number for all to have. There it is. Street address, everything. <laughs> just come on by. Well, thanks a lot, Coach Brown. Thank you, guys. So that was our athletic director, Mike Braun, there that you just heard from in an interview, Sons of Swanee Sportscast's first interviewee. So thank you, Coach Braun, for being on with us and 
sharing your thoughts and opinions and your wisdom as far as how everything's looked during this offseason and how things continue to look. Hunter, he certainly had a lot to say. We didn't really have to lead him in any kind of direction. We just let him talk and just actually he answered a few of the questions I wanted to ask in the process of him answering some of the other questions we had asked him. But what did you take away from his interview? Well, yeah, my, Coach Braun, obviously, very smart guy. Um, been around a long time, coached a long time in different places at a lot of really, really solid programs. And so he brings a great perspective because he's seen different things. And um, a couple of the things he said that struck me, number one, like I said, having sat in his seat before, um, the number one thing, the thing that is most important, I think, for these fall sports is that if we cannot have fans in the stands for football season, then you can wrap up everything else. Yes. Because that is that is what funds the rest of the sports at Swanee High School. Um, there are a couple of other sports, you know, the big three. You've got football, baseball, basketball. The, the basketball and the baseball can get close to breaking even or maybe make a little bit of money. But everything else is they're called non-revenue sports for a reason. They're going to cost you some money. And so I think, number one, that was, of course, you know, that's the biggest thing. That's the elephant in the room. Are we going to be able to play? And we got to have fans if we are going to play. Otherwise, there's no point. Unless we're just talking about, hey, we got to get kids' film out there so they have opportunities to go into the next level, which is also important. But then at what point does it become, you know, not feasible to do that because of the cost? And the other thing um, that Mike talked a little bit about that that I think is important is just the communication. And so the I think a lot of times if you're not in it, you know, you the the perception is the FHSA hasn't communicated. Well, Mike said just the opposite that maybe it's been a little bit of over communication um, amongst that coaching community. And so from the outside, you can say, well, listen, they're not saying a whole lot. But inside, Mike's saying, no, we, we know what's going on. It's just nobody has the answer. And, I mean, that's the bottom line. Anything you talk about right now, school, reopening this, reopening that, nobody knows the right answer. You know, I mean, it's just you, you make the best decision you can with the information in front of you. And um, I think that's important for everybody to remember is we got to be flexible. we got to be fluid in anything that we're talking about. That, that, that definitely was one of the biggest takeaways that I, I got from the interview as well, Hunter. Just the, the fact that he said without football revenue, you can really just, like you said, pack it up and not worry about really any other sport just because we're not going to have any other money for something like that. And I, one thing that I thought that he made a very good point about, maybe part of the reason why the FHSAA and people like that aren't saying anything is because they don't want that gotcha moment. Right. You don't want to put something out and say, well, here's what we're thinking. Here's, here's how we're going to go about that. And then a week, 10 days go by and something else has, has been a major development. And now they have to you know, scratch that plan and go back to ground zero. So you kind of think, let's not build up the hype and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's a date. Oh, wait, no, no, let's push it back. It's almost like when you go to the doctor and they don't want to tell you, you know, this is what's wrong because they don't want to be wrong. They don't want you to come back and say, well, wait a minute, you said it was this when it, it turned out not to be. So there may be more vague. Well, it could be this or it could be this. Same thing. I mean, nobody wants to be that person to just say, this is what we're doing. Now, I'm, there are some of those people who I think have been more forceful and more, you know, um, inclined to say, let's go for it. And I applaud those people. But I also get the other side and the apprehension of, you know, I don't want to be wrong because everybody's counting on me. And that's a very real thing. I mean, that's a human thing. It's a human emotion that that's just natural, I think. Yep. And he talked about how this whole county has been very supportive during all these uncertain times, the school district, the county. 
they've been 100% back as far as let's get these kids out here. Let's, let's be as precautious as possible, absolutely. But these kids need to be kids and they need to get out here and do something. And a lot of these kids, you know, live and breathe these sports and they, they wait for times of years like this to, to get out there and show their who they really are. Right, and, and how important is it for these seniors, the ones who do have aspirations to go into the next level and play some type of collegiate athletics, wherever that may be. I mean, on the football team, you have Jacquez Moore, Absolutely. who's committed That's to Georgia Southern. Of, yeah. You have these guys, and I know we'll talk more about them come in the coming weeks as we get closer to football season, but that's, this is a very real thing. I mean, these are the, these kids' lives, and we get you know a little bit caught up in in are we going to start? I've been so you know we've all been so caught up in are we even going to start school? Um, I can tell you this, you know, and I know you and I both work for the school system. I can promise you, Ted Roush has been great. Our superintendent of schools in Swanee County has been very, very forceful in that, look, we're going to do what we think is best here in Swanee County, not for what's best in Dade County or wherever. We want to do what's best for the people in Swanee County. And that's been his his message from the time coronavirus started until now. And certainly applaud him and, and all those because these are very difficult decisions. They really are. But I thought Coach Braun gave great insight. Um, I think it's a very real thing. And just knowing, and I mean, not to throw out the numbers, but the season tickets, that is a huge, huge deal. Um, that is thousands upon thousands of dollars that the athletic department is not going to have. So it's important when we do start, it is important for people to come to these games and support these kids because that's what's going to fund everything else, the tennis, the golf, the swimming, the flag football, all the things that we have at Swanee High School, they're going to be counting counting on that, those funds for that. So it is important, and I hope people will come out and support the dogs when the time comes. Absolutely, Hunter. Very well said. So thank you again, Coach Braun, for joining us and just talking about support. Thank you for supporting us and listening in with us. We are the Sons of Swanee Sportscast. We're going to continue to grow this. We're going to hopefully just continue to grow our following with us as well. On Facebook and on Twitter, you can find us, Sons of Swanee Sportscast. Just, you can listen to us on any of the ways you listen to your regular podcast. We'll have a link out for us on the Facebook and on the Twitter page as well. We hope to hear from you all and just think of your thoughts as far as this first episode's in the books now. So what do you think of it moving forward? What kind of topics of conversation would you like for us to address? Any interviews you maybe want to have show up, but... Um, we're, we're here to learn and grow with you all and we hope to hear from you and get some input from you. Yeah, definitely. And if you have any technical questions, I would say to contact TJ <laughs> because he will be the man for that. But yeah, definitely. Please let us know what you're thinking, things you'd love to hear about. Um, if we can get any more information out there, we're happy to do it. That's why we're here, man. We're here because we love Swanee Sports and I know we'll delve off into some other topics from time to time, but um, just thank you for listening and stick with us. And next week, we're going to have Coach Dan Marcy join us and talk a little bit Dan about... Dan the man, Marcy. Talk about a little bit of his offseason and how it's looked a little bit different this year compared to his other 20 previous years, just being a strength and conditioning coach. But tune in next week to the Sons of Swine Sportscast to hear more. Go dogs.